There'd Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 123. <laughs> I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinisky, and of course, Jana is with us again. Hello. Hi yes. Guys. And Scott's wandering around. Yeah, Scott is here. Uh, um, we are uh, not on Twitch. No, again, I took the time to come here extra early this morning, and uh, everything was working super great. Got the TV installed on the wall, got it all set up, got all the uh, OBS settings done. And then I, I rebooted it to uh, just install some drivers and uh, blue screen to death. Perfect. And it's unrecoverable. So wonderful. After this episode, I'll probably try to see if I have a flash drive down here, and if I do, maybe try to reset it before I go home. But anyway, well, I tried using the little pink laptop, which actually worked last episode, and now it's uh, been Windows updating since I got here. That's weird because it's been on the entire time. I'd, I restarted it when I sat, when I first sat down. Because the mouse wasn't responding. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, what I, you try, have to I tried do... the button thing. <clears throat> you the gotta do the button fu- thing. Function F7. Yeah, tried that. The button D- thing. Didn't do anything. <laughs> Scott has a Z32 in his hand. It does. Kyosho brand. Yes, it's a very, very good model. It um, was, yeah, until somebody broke the spoiler off of it, and then I super glued it back on, so... However, the trunk lid still opens. It's actually I really very nice. Careful. It's got a felt interior it's... on it. Um, Is that glass? Yeah, the entire the dashboard Look is correct. Wow, Scott broke the bottle off, or the top of the bottle off of a Nordis bottle opening it. It's terrifying. And actually, the engine's very well modeled. It is a twin turbo That yeah, was an expensive model. Yeah. It, yeah, it was very good. Um, yeah, Kyosho. That's a very, very good model. Uh, you are missing a tailpipe, but so are most Z32s. So, you know. That, that has actually been played with quite heavily by... Probably people in our family, and then a lot of people not in our family. So I would play with that constantly if I was a child. <laughs> I would play with that constantly if I wasn't on the podcast at this very exact moment. Sounds good. Well, so, it's a million degrees in here. My fridge broke last Thursday, so all of our beer is broken and hot. Actually, uh, Scott got some fresh beer. Uh, I'm actually drinking a Bauhaus Lounge Wizard. No, you're drinking is, a Nordeast. No, I'm drinking a Lounge Wizard. That's no, you're drinking for, a Nordeast. No, that's warm. This one's cool. Yeah, but you opened it. Yeah, I'm going to be drinking that next episode. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, anyway, head on over to patreon.com forward slash carpetrage. Yes. For reasons. All this, right, you've got the first story. Yes, I do. Let's dig us into it. Uh, Mercedes naming conventions mean nothing. Uh, is it worse than... No, it's not nearly as bad as uh, Lincoln or Infinity. Nope, they're... No, just what they call things. Well, yeah, that's what when we're they talking say, about, when naming they, conventions. Well, no, I shouldn't say naming conventions. But, like, when they call things a sedan... Oh, yeah, like or the CLS. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a four-door coupe. Like, no, 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 that means it's a sedan. What? It's a sedan. People well, it's say actually, that? Yes. Yeah, Mercedes says that. It's not pillarless. Yeah, it's so like it's the not... A7, the 6 Series Grand Coupe, yeah. the CLS. They're all four-door coupes. They're actually... Coupe means two. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, so is it a six-door? No. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, that would be great. That would be really funny, actually. If, if we made it mandatory that everyone that had a four-door coupe... Had a six door, you know, a six door vehicle. <laughs> I think we could get behind that. Barn doors in the rear. I'd be um, like bringing back the late '80s, like sort of stretched seven series and S class models, where they had that middle piece that didn't open. Yes, but exactly. It looked like a six door. So, uh, well, Mercedes is close because they released their new V class, which is totally like a Mercedes Metris or something, which is most definitely a van. Yep. And it's V. <laughs> Mercedes and, van class. Yes, the Mercedes van class. And um, they, <clears throat> let me read, quote, what the title of the press release was. Please about the do. V-class. I'm waiting with bated breath. The V-Class, the spacious sedan with the star. 
Okay. Uh, here's a picture of it. Sliding doors. That's a van. Yep. Barn doors in the rear. Uh-huh. It's totally 100%, 100% a Mercedes van. mattress. That is a sedan, apparently. Well, no, th- this is the new press release to the new model. And it's electric. Um, so, yeah, uh, Mercedes, uh, they, they just don't even care anymore. Everything is a sedan. They, uh, they, sold, they got rid of the X-Class, their pickup, because they were marketing it most likely as a supercar. Um, <laughs> I'm very confused. And their new hatchback, the S-Class, is going to be coming out later this year. <laughs> and what is that? Uh, it, it is a Mercedes four-door full-size sedan oh which is market is i'm sure a hatchback or something okay yeah i was gonna say it's definitely a hot hatch i i I think they just have a uh hat where they draw uh adjectives for out of and it's just like here what is this vehicle it is a (laughs) (laughs) oh it's it's a unimog unimog this is a unimog the new slk the unimog (laughs) (laughs) Somebody buys it for like a military contract. Like these are really dreadful. Yeah, this, this is like these, this is without so a terrible. So you know, I've I've done stuff like this in um, why automation. Oh, okay. Because it's just messing around. No, the that's game. fine. Yeah, automation is so, not real life, so it's yeah. Fine. So I, I made a obvious van, like a vanagon van. Okay. Put a V12 in it, like a one liter <laughs> V12 in the rear. Yeah, because that and fits. I, I I marketed it into the supercar market, and guess what it did. Flopped? Very poorly, yes. Okay. Yes. It, it sold quite well <laughs> as a premium family uh, utility vehicle, but that was about it. I don't think that would be a very good fit for an engine, for a, a, a van. van. Yeah. Oh, a a one-liter V12? Yeah, imagine trying to just get it rolling. Like, I, imagine the maintenance costs. Well, especially if it's a Volkswagen V12. Oh, God. That'd be terrible. I don't even know why I'm still trying, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, Volkswagen find a way to like, just mess up the V12 layout. They make like a radial 12, and like, well, there'd yeah. always be like one cylinder did. washed with oil. They took the uh, the staggered radial, where it's got the uh, like three or four banks of cylinders, but they're and all they, slightly they're offset, twisted, and they make like yeah. a corkscrew. And they yeah. just took two banks of that and made a V12 out of it, so it like... It just goes... Yeah. It, it starts at the left side of the front of the engine bay, and it ends at the right side of the back of the engine yes. bay. Yes. And then what what it also does, it uses the 2-liter uh, turbo uh, oh, no. floating rings. And so it just... Inevitably, the bottom cylinders always flood with oil. Of course. That's exactly what Volkswagen Yeah, and then the hydrolock, and then... Yeah. Yep, yep. And then it's all to Mercedes, and Mercedes would put it into a luxury limousine that is... Based off an A-Class. The A-Class limousine. Oh, okay. A-Class limousine. Sorry. Uh, Anyway, so Hmm. Mercedes has completely lost their minds. They're not living on this plane of existence. And that is our news for about Mercedes today. Well, BMW has also lost their mind, but they did it about 20 years ago with the lifetime fluid fill stickers that Mm. they've started putting on every transmission. And this warmed my heart. I was looking for stories today. And as you know, ZF is one of BMW and a lot of other OEMs, largest transmission provider. And ZF actually released a video naming BMW as the main culprit, saying that their transmissions need fluid services at 100,000 kilometer intervals. And BMW still puts this lifetime fluid no service sticker on their transmissions. No. So this ZF is saving face. No, absolutely never, not. Ever. And we've said this before on the podcast many times. Like ZF specifies a fluid range like they specify what type of fluid you're supposed to put in it which bmw abides by but they do not abide by servicing it so 
I'm, they're doing this because BMW owners have a lot of transmission failures, and that's yeah. because of the lack of service. And ZF's just saying, like, it's not because of our transmissions. They're super solid. Check this out. It's BMW telling you that you shouldn't change the fluid in it when, in fact, you should. I just cannot wait for the day that ZF and BMW have a massive fallout. And right. ZF's like, you know what? No, you just don't get our transmissions anymore. Good luck. BMW's going to have to use, like, Krushmat Russian <laughs> boxes or something. Yeah, three-speed automatics. <laughs> have a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> Most advanced engine <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I think you would just pull the car talk. Just I am so happy that uh, ZF is uh, throwing shade at BMW. Me too. Yeah. I, yeah, good on you, car manufacturer, for actually telling the world what they should know already. But, yeah. Well, transmission manufacturer, not car manufacturer. Sorry, yeah, transmission manufacturer. Yeah, because that's... Dells make differentials in transfer cases, but that's less relevant to the story. They don't make entire cars. No, not to my knowledge. At so, least not for the mainstream. Uh, moving on to... Uh, Automotive manufacturers that have just lost their minds and were completely done with all of them. Uh, I'm with I'm going on Honda this time. Okay, because you know how I love loved. Well, we fixed Honda. Acura last uh, last week. Yes, how about we, we fix Honda? We're gonna fix yes. Honda today. So <laughs> we're fixing you guys for free. Honda released the best design of a K van I've ever seen in my life. It's my new favorite K van. This beats the. Uh, Mitsubishi Minica Tapo, which <laughs> was previously a 9,000 RPM, five-valve per cylinder, inline four. That was 660 cc's. Pretty cool. Uh, and then uh, it also beats all the Suzuki's and stuff, and uh, the SEAL's favorite car, the Wagon RRR. Um, <laughs> but this one, uh. the N-Wagon, or N-W-G-N, uh, this is perfect. Look at that. Yeah, I have it up here. I, I don't like the fact that their demo model is an automatic. Well, it's you're dealing with people that are buying cars for the inner city, so, you know, whatever. Uh, Scott, here is the in-wagon for your viewing pleasure. You can see that it is extremely adorable, very small. Looks like a Twingo that you stretched into a cube. Yes, it yes. does. It looks like a... Would it be stretched or compressed? No, it's a Twingo that's been melted down put into an ice cube tray. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Was uh, it then refrozen? Yes, and okay, refrozen. Okay. So it, what it is is it's a postmodern version of the Honda Life Step Van, mm-hmm. uh, which was their uh, van from the 1970s, which was very cool as well. Uh, and yeah, no, it's perfect. It's really, really pretty. It does postmodern, but it doesn't do it in a bad way. Like you know how like it, it's more on the Fiat 500 side of postmodern yeah. than the. Uh, PT Cruiser side of postmodern. Yeah, they took cues, but they didn't carbon copy like they did with like the Challenger and the Mustang. Yeah, like they they did little things like the sh- the wheel design and stuff mm-hmm. like that is really cool. Their color palette that they did, the interior, things like that, like were very very retro seventies, but at the same time modern. Uh, and, and this is what bothers me is that uh, we we don't get this. And I get why we don't get the K-Van. That makes sense. Yeah, it wouldn't sense. be entirely like, safe to drive on our roads. I, I really want one, but I know them in the minority. However, have you seen the Honda Fit today? Uh, it's pretty big now. It's pretty terrible oh, looking, well, I, I too. Know. I guess I haven't seen the it, it's, one. Are we in the third gen or fourth gen? This is a... F- I think we're on third. Fourth. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. I haven't seen a fourth. Yeah, fourth gen. Gross. I, I think it's a fourth gen, but... um. It doesn't look good. 
it's not fun to look at or drive or be in or look out of. It, there's nothing good about it. Um, so I'm and, picturing somebody that took a first gen, no, sorry, a second gen XB, and then they put a Camaro belt line on it. What it looks like is if you designed a car based off the fan shroud of like a GPU, like a really bro GPU. Okay. From like if you go Microsoft, oh, so it's like a Type R. No, 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 no. Because the type, the Type R it obviously is a bro car, but this one's like, you know, how like GPU fan shrouds have like just like weird angles to look like a stealth fighter, mm-hmm. but they're obviously just a square piece of computer. Yeah. This is the same thing where you try to make <laughs> a square piece of computer. It's a receptacle for LEDs. That's exactly what the fit is, is a receptacle (laughs) for LEDs. Um, It's just one of those things where, like, they could easily make it look this great. Like, if you made this car on, this van, Mm -hmm. on, like, a a 110 scale, you'd basically have a 110% scale. Okay. Like, 10% 10 bigger. Yeah. If you do it on, like, a 110% scale... uh, you would basically have a Honda Fix. That's about how much smaller they are. They're about ten percent smaller. Okay. And they're not mu- they're not like terribly smaller, but right. they're small enough. But the main reason they don't work here is because of the engine displacement. And like, yeah, they like, really can't cruise at eighty. Yeah, no, you can't. Not for long. That, that's of time. the thing. Is like you can't, and it's super buzzy, and it would suck. Right. But like, if you took this design, and you made it a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. The Honda Fit would sell like hotcakes. Everybody'd want it. Well, it used to sell pretty well when it was tiny and good. Yeah, like, well, yeah, up until this generation. Sorry about that. Uh, Jana messaged me something on Facebook. Was it about the Hello Kitty box? No, it was a. Um, it We're going to need about... an update from you after Ryan's yes, done with this topic. Yes, it, it was about Digit, which okay, is a savings you. thing. Anyway, so um, with the. Uh, I feel like that's what would save Honda, is if they made the in, the in wagon, mm-hmm. is what it's called. Expanded that to be the size of the fit. And if you guys want to see the N-Wagon, go on JapaneseNostalgicCar.com. They have a uh, – they kind of go through, like, the, all the similarities of that in the Honda Life step van from the 70s and pictures of both. Um, but, yeah, if you took the Honda Life step van uh, interior – or just exterior design, put that onto a fit mm-hmm. – uh, you know, the interior is already super ergonomic. It's really cheap. That's what the fit's supposed to be. I mean, we need something like that, right? Because Honda Element. Yeah, it, that's mm-hmm. what it is. It, it kind of reminds me of a really, really tiny Honda Element, but, like, more aesthetically pleasing. And yeah, no cladding, which helps. Yeah. Although, they, I guess the later ones are pretty attractive. Although, well, can we talk about how the Element is a total tangent? The SC, like, the best-looking one, yeah. you apparently couldn't get it with any of the good drivetrain. Like, you no, couldn't you get it all-wheel drive or manual. Yeah. What? You get manual, like, but not, not all-wheel drive. Oh. oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you could get all-wheel drive, but not a manual. So, oh, great. Yeah, that'd be re- that, that's that, that's Honda to a T. I guess a, a manual front-wheel drive ought to be okay. Well, th- this is also the con- this is also the company that is so like disconnected from real life. Yeah, that they waited twenty years to bring us the Civic Type R, and when they finally gave it to us, it's when nobody cared anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, it is still a good car. I mean, it's a good car, but yeah, it's like, like the Type R badge, like they stopped selling those on eBay like five years ago. Yeah, nobody, so, nobody cares. Like yeah. they totally missed the boat, and it's like, <laughs> like people won't buy it. Well, yeah, you had ten years. You had a, uh, like one of the very first Change.org campaigns was back in like 2010 to bring the Civic Type R to America mm-hmm. when it was still kind of okay. 
and, and and they still didn't bring it to us. And they finally bring it to us, and like now the Civic. Yeah, is we like never got a Civic Type R before this one, right? It was just no, the Integra no. Type R. Yeah, the Integra Type R. Yeah. And that one, another perfect example where that car is like the most sought after Honda of all time. Yeah, we've talked about the guy that closed one into his uh, yeah. barn or whatever for ages. And like, I just Honda for the last twenty five years has just been invaded by bean counters, mm-hmm. and they just can't get their they, they can't design themselves out of that right they can't work around that because there's just so many accountants there and so many people that are just you know sales managers basically that don't look at what people want they just look at the numbers well yeah but they're usually at the beck and call of their shareholders and things like that and those people are noisy and noisy people are usually idiots yeah, it's true. Uh, but, I mean, so is Toyota, and Toyota's been significantly more interesting for a lot longer True, than but I feel like that's the, whatever, the guy whose name who runs GR or whatever. But, uh, oh, yeah, well, um, BMW's another example. Yeah, up they until, lost all up their... Up until recently. Yeah, but that's because they lost all their enthusiast people. Like, the main M guy went away, their main design guy went away, a lot of their acoustics people went yeah, away. Yeah, having some enthusiast people in the boardroom is what would make Honda great. And that's what really works with Toyota. And Do you know where they went? Hmm. Hyundai Kia. Do you yeah. know what Hyundai Kia gave us last year? Uh, the Veloster N? No, they, well, they gave it. Well, that was pretty good, too. But I'm talking about the G70 Yeah. and the Stinger. All the good stuff's going to Korea. Like, really? Like the, Weird. I wonder how that happened. You know, it's... Uh, it's like good product follows the talent that makes it. Yeah, weird. It, and Honda hasn't had... So how are we going to fix Honda? We fixed Acura by saying they need to bring an SLX Jimny. Honda needs... First off, they need to fire... Most of everybody in corporate. Okay. Just completely gut the company. Just do a gone. Just yeah. Just do a gone. Just have somebody go in. Go in there. And have somebody go in there. Go yeah. Go oh. in there. <laughs> and leave thirty percent of the company left. The other sixty percent fill with engineers. That's what made Honda great. That they frankly not even enthusiasts engineers. Because that's what made Honda yeah, great. Yeah, you're right. Because it was a, such a technically impressive product that is, it didn't like necessarily hit you like on that level where it's like whoa. But like then you drive it, like this is the best thing I've ever driven. Yeah, it's it's one of those cars where it's a Honda Civic, like an '88 through 2000 Honda Civic is yep. one of those cars that people don't understand until they're into it. Yeah, and it's like you were like that in yeah. high school. You hated them, and then yeah, because I had a better car. Yeah, and then Trail Park Girl got one for... Uh, I bought for, her one for a uh, winter beater. Yeah, and yeah. then you're like, wow, this is impressive. Drives really good. well for how terrible and horrible it is. <laughs> yeah, well, and, well, you also got her like a $200 one. It was something. a $500 93 DX auto with half shafts that were about to explode. Yeah, so you got like actually the worst possible. And it was one. great. Like or, the yeah. engine was very good. Like the D15 was just fine like yeah. the four speed auto didn't make me want to kill myself yeah no it, and, like, it's, it handled really well i'm just like this is weird yeah it is a really 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 good car good and visibility. see that's the thing that's the difference in but it's not at all like it, it didn't like i felt nothing for the car i'm like wow that's pretty good but then i got out of it and went into something else but but of course you also had a terrible example and the one that you had mm-hmm. like had like a life and probably like 13 owners before you probably and it had another owner very shortly after uh, yeah after I and did. so and that's the thing is you got the worst one and you loved it yeah it was good um and that's the thing i think that's what honda needs to do is they don't need to make an enthusiast car they need to make an engineer's car they need to make a car that's en- engineered to just be better and the enthusiast will follow well they kind of are 
Look at the 1.5 liter engine now. I mean, that that's thing a great is engine, like crazy. Yeah, yeah, that that's a great part. But what about the rest of the car? It's so big. Like they don't engineer the around. Transmission's pretty good. They don't engineer around. No, like, the rest of it is a uh, corporate styling stapled to some steel. And that's the thing. That's where their issue is. Is they need to get the engineers into the design department, yep. into the interior department, into everything. I'm going to sound like you for a second, but they need to bring back some rulers in the design department. Seriously, everything yeah. is just swoopy, like organic alien angles. I'm like, this doesn't look good. No, no, like, I, I don't want a melted caramel for a car. Yeah, you mm. you need to actually have, and that's exactly what it looks like. It looks yeah. like a melted. All caramel. modern cars, for the most part. Yeah. Like, I, I saw a G23 series going down the road the other day, and I swear to God, it was a TLX. I was like, everything looks exactly the same. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it's just like, if you have a, uh, somebody in there that's in the design department, take one of your weirdo designs from Japan yeah. and make that, like, your main car. Because that's what made or Honda like great. France. Yeah, and that that's what made Honda great. Like, you take the, the weirdo design, you know, the huge glass house that the EF said, mm-hmm. and then you put on... Like Formula One, literal Formula One technology suspension <laughs> underneath the car. The and new in, Honda Civic DX, now with inboard Olin's shock absorbers. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it, 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 like, it's just a windshield and it gets 50 miles per gallon non hybrid. Like, something like that. Oh, and then make it like $20,000. Like, all that stuff. Like, y- you, can, you can get away with having a terrible interior like the Fit already has. Right. And just make a slightly better. <laughs> Suspension system. Well, Spartan. I don't know if it's terrible, but it, it's the the carpets are made of of like burlap sacks. I was gonna say, is it like recycled stuff where it like becomes offensive? It, yeah, it's that. And uh, then and then uh, the seats are made of cardboard. Like the, the interior sucks. So it's like you have to have the driving experience to get around the interior, and that's what Honda really needs to do. And I think that the slight loss in per car profit will be made up in total car sales. Maybe. That's that's a big question mark because of the segment. But I think that that's what Honda needs to do is they need to get back to their bread and butter of doing a car that's not an enthusiast car, but is a really, really amazing normal car right. using enthusiast technology. And that's what they need to do, and they've not been doing that for years. Because right now, mechanically, a Honda Civic is no different than a Toyota Cor- a Toyota Corolla or a Yaris. <laughs> well, or effectively anything. no different. I mean, it's obviously different components. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's still... The Honda Civic it's, has the 1.5T, though, which is way better than Toyota's this, 1.8 NA. The suspension is a McPherson strut uh, front and rear I'm independent just suspension. Saying, just saying. The Honda Fit it's has different. a torsion beam in the it rear. It doesn't matter. I'm talking about, like, drivetrain. Well, I'm talking about the handling. Cause cool. Honda's, Honda's drivetrain's never been its strong If you want point. some handling, go buy yourself a Fiat 124. Well, no, I'm talking about for, like, a normal Fiat sedan. Yeah, 124 sedan. So, all right, this is tipped over. Burger, your, your turn. A sedan convertible? A coupe <laughs> sedan? Well, no, so, well, yes, yeah, so that'd be great, but that's Fiat. That's We're talking about how to fix Honda. Fine, buy Fiat 500. All right. Well, anyway, so what's your <laughs> That's next how topic? to fix Honda. Go buy something else. All right, so I want to talk about Jaguar and the I-Pace. Or I-Pace? I think it's I-Pace. Because I know F-Pace is F-Pace. Uh, so they have had... It's actually E-Pace. Well, they have an Ipache as well. Well, I is pronounced E. Oh, well, then how do you pronounce the English letter E? Ipache? Ipache. So, so there's an... There's Apache and Ipache. Okay, so I'm talking about the Ipache? Ipache. Ipache. Um, <laughs> wow, okay. It's a great vehicle. <laughs> it's kind of a lifted wagon. Uh, it's kind of expensive. They start in the high 60s, low 70s. Uh, I think they have 90 kilowatt hour batteries, twin motor, 
Pretty attractive looking thing. These have been out for about a year now. They're, they're taking deliveries, but production's a little slow. They still have a waiting list on orders, and now, in addition to their full federal tax credit, which is still alive, they are offering a $2,000 Jaguar rebate, and now, the unique piece, they're offering three grand to people that trade in their Teslas. Ooh, on yeah. top of all of that. So you can now get almost $15,000 off a brand new Ipache. Ooh. Yeah, and it's like, that's pretty good. That's also, so that's imagine also if you had like a used car lot look really good too. I guess, but you're gonna have a bunch of like piss jugs grade Teslas kicking around in that parking lot. You that's, know, people that's with twenty thousand dollar Model S's trading them in. That's totally fine because there's gonna be totally there's gonna be plenty of people that really want to get into a Tesla and they don't care. But we're talking about the Jag and like honestly, if they were all else created equal, if they're the same price and similar range and all that kind of stuff, I would probably take the Epache. Yeah. Over, like. My Model S, but the fact of the matter is, you can buy a, you know, a few-year-old Tesla versus buying a brand new iPace, and it just doesn't make sense. So, but I thought it was really, really clever that they were targeting that specifically. I mean, you, you hear for owners of competitive lessees and things like that for lease vehicles, like people trying to poach X2 people into GLAs and things like that, just back and forth. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've seen it on kind of a high line where they're they're offering additional cash on the hood to try to poach another car manufacturer. Uh, well, particularly one manufacturer. Tesla. That would be like Subaru saying, all Evo 10 owners, if you trade in your Evo 10 for an STI, we'll give you $2,000, which is Kelly Blue Book on your car. You know, I bet you'd get a lot of takers if you did that. Yeah. <laughs> did you just fix Subaru? <laughs> yes, I did. I just fixed Subaru. Wow. There, we are fixing the world one yeah. manufacturer Man, at a time. need a real challenge now. Well, the, speaking of challenges... Okay. And Jaguar makes V12s. <laughs> I want to talk about Toyota's V12. The one, oh, the one GZFE. Yes, that one. Uh, I've been. I was looking very seriously into putting one into the Cresta because they oh, are no. very compact and they're extremely cheap. Yes, they are. Um, and I was wondering well, why doesn't anybody do it? And I figured out why. It's because the transmission bell housing doesn't fit anything else. No, actually, the bell ho- there's adapter. People have made adapters that use a one UZ. Oh, well, then there's no yeah. reason not to. Yeah. Well, except for the fact that if you want to keep all the creature comforts, um, you either have to do Mega Squirt, which you have to build. Or sure. the only like plug and play ECU that works on that yeah. is one that's actually made for a Lamborghini Aventador. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean a replica? No, like an actual Aventador. Oh, the, the, like the aftermarket ECUs for those, oh, and they're okay. for the. Is it entry. just because of the firing order or something like that? It, or? Because you have to, you have to find a aftermarket plug and play ECU that can support. 12 coils. Oh, Mega Squirt 3 Pro. Variable valve timing. Mega Squirt 3 Pro? Yep. So, yeah, Mega Squirt. And then if you are a weenie, you want to keep the automatic transmission because you don't want to spend a shitload of money doing a transmission bell house. Which you you do want to spend. Yeah, but I mean, realistically, just to get it into the car and driving before you do the manual swap, to get any sort of ECO control of the transmission, you're going to be spending $7,500. What? Yeah, that's that insane. Sorry, that's it, totally <laughs> insane. So far away. Well, on a on up. a three thousand dollar <laughs> engine, that's stupid. That. <laughs> Very like, dramatic. It was good. For no, a three thousand dollar engine, it's ridiculous. And that's like the eight series. There's one ECU that runs that, and it's the two ECUs that it comes with. If you want anything else, if you want to put that in any other car, you have to run it on Mega Squirt Three Pro. Yeah. So, or you could run the factory ECU, and not be able to tune it at all. 
which is perfectly fine to be honest. It's just it's gonna seriously, so. seriously detuned. You can have performance increase over the the just do the old school thing where you put in bigger injectors and like a bigger MAF, so you're tricking it into thinking that the lambda is how it is <laughs> because that's how it'd be. Yeah, so you could do that. It'd as be well. like it do uh, because it am. But yeah, so uh, but when you break it all down, uh, we should throw a GZ into Blubsky. I really, I was, I was really, really, really wanting to put a GZ into the Cressida. Like, I, 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 I guarantee all... there's mounts for that. There is. Yeah. You take one UZ mounts. Yeah. And you flare them out half an inch on each side. Nice. Yeah. So it literally bolts in. It's super nice. It's just when you get to the wiring, that's the only part that kind of sucks. Yeah. Whatever. I like and, wiring. Yeah, that's true. But um. Yeah, so that's why people don't use those because you can get uh, one UZFE where you can actually get parts readily available. And they're cheap. And we, we're not talking two grand cheap. We're talking like a couple hundred bucks cheap. Yeah. People will pay you to take them. Sometimes if you get a full LS400 that's in somebody's yard, yeah. Yeah, LS400 with some like that's been underwater or something where the engine's still good, just needs a wiring harness, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or just turn that into a burnout machine because yeah. why not? But uh, so I think that the Cressida... Now I'm looking at that. Uh, one Didn't you just put a new 7M in that thing? Yeah, but it's a 7M. I, I, I'm, I know how long it's going to last. He, he's planning for after the 7M. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. So it's not the, to like take out the 7M right now. No, no, no. Else. It's just I, okay. I, I need to plan ahead. And the final goal for the Cresta <laughs> is I want that car to make about 350 to 400 horsepower. And I want to be able to drive from here to California and back without breaking down. Factory ECU it is. Yep, factory ECU, yep. one easy. Yep. Yeah, it'll be fine. Speaking of Toyotas, yes, I have an update on the Hello Kitty box. That okay. was a weird segue, but I'm, I'm in sorry. for the update. No, I'm, no that's I'm, good. I'm interested. Um, <laughs> we're we're in it so, to win it. I mean, this is a big deal. Yeah, so I got an email on the 15th saying that they just shipped it out. So I was like, oh, it's probably not going to make it for the podcast. It didn't make it for the podcast, but it is supposed to arrive at my house before 8 p.m. tonight. Yes. And right now, my latest update was that it was in Baxter at six seventeen a.m. Why was it in Baxter? I don't know. So That's like north of the city, is there? Yeah. Did it come from Canada? Oh, maybe it did. Maybe it might have come from Vancouver. Well, no, it says CA, so California. Rancho Cucamonga. Why exactly it took a two-hour detour north of the cities first is beyond yeah, me. Yeah, and then That's it went to the weird. MN Distribution Center, and then it was in Brainerd. So I've had that happen. Or it goes from Minneapolis to Brainerd and then back. Yeah. Why? I don't know. But I've had things get, like, two-day delays on that. And I honestly think it's if you paid for, like, a crappier grade of shipping, they'll, they'll just, random. like, send it around because they have to keep it moving yeah. to delay it to the day that you paid for. That would make sense, actually. So, it's like it's like Tesla yeah. with their upgraded battery stuff. Yeah, yeah I've noticed they, <laughs> yeah. they've done that lately to me where I used to just get it immediately yeah and now if i don't pay for the immediate shipping they don't i used to get fedex specifically fedex stuff a day or two early yeah and now yeah never yeah i used to get things early all the time why are you doing this because fedex wants to be worse apparently we need to fix fedex next are we giving them all suzuki's i think we're gonna put uh, some modern reliable diesel engines into the german diesel engines into the fleet fixing fedex will entail Using the Mahindra Jito, because then it is prohibitively time-consuming to do to Jana what they just did. 
Yeah. <laughs> they don't have enough a, space to like no, just tow stuff around. It's for a no one-cylinder like engine. It's a one-cylinder engine that makes plenty of power, but it goes like maybe seventy. How about we fix so them? It works really well in the city and nowhere else. By requiring the new USPS replacement vehicle to also fit the needs of UPS, USPS, and DHL. Yes. No, because then it'll be huge. Because no, it know, doesn't have to be. Yeah, I guess they could have a light city truck because. FedEx and, U- and UPS do a lot of I think Amazon if, if deliveries. If it's custom set up like that, you could have such a low flat floor. You could you could really tailor that thing to be incredibly huge inside. I just I love Mahindra so much. Well, I hope they fix Flint. Yeah. Yes, I really want them to just make the world a better place. Congratulations, you industrious fellows. You know what? What? I think the Indian car manufacturers are up there for the French by per capita how much I like them. Wow, uh, I like Indian car manufacturers much more than French car manufacturers. Because I, I, I can't think of an Indian car manufacturer. I'm like, huh. With, and that's the issue with Japanese car manufacturers is I can think of a few. Where I'm yeah, like, we talked cool. about a few actually today. Today yeah. even, yeah. yes. But, um, and we fixed one of them last week. The Indian, Indian car manufacturers are great. You have the Hindustan, you have Mahindra, you have the DC Avanti. They're all great. Tata. Tata, yes. Which mm-hmm. owns... JLR? I think. Jaguar, yes. We were just talking about how great Jaguar yeah. is. You said yeah. you, know, you would own Indians an Indian car. Indians are giving Americans money to get out of their Teslas. Yes. Indian people are the greatest. Um, anyway, so, yeah. Burger, let's yep. talk about license plate frames. Sounds good. This was a, a random thing that actually came up. Uh, I don't know if it was Reddit. Anyway, I want to talk about it. Because you see a lot of people driving around with license plate frames. And you see a lot yeah. of people that don't. So my first question, this will be kind of a multi-part. What, what's your thoughts on those for, like, your personal vehicle? Would you I, run them? I have them, yes. Okay. And my reasoning is, is when I go, I used to not run them on my CRX. So okay. whenever I go through a car wash, it was a touch car wash. Oh, the, the, it'd, it'd bend the, it? bend the, the plate back. I've yeah. had that for sure. Yeah. And it doesn't happen with the plate nope. frame? Okay. It's just enough tension. And it's a little bit wider, so it doesn't hook back. Mr. Wags has a very bent rear plate. I got out one time. I'm like, what the hell <laughs> happened? <laughs> to take it off and bend it back. It was super inconvenient. Um, yeah, I, I generally do run them. And for me, it's because, well, it used to be anyway, not as much now with collector plates. But uh, I would get the ones that would completely obscure the license tabs. So it was a little bit easier before the cop cars just ran your plate number automatically all the time to see if you've paid for tabs yeah. to get away with having expired tabs. Yes. And in addition to that, I do think um, the little crimped edge around the uh, license plate, that doesn't look very good. So if you can yeah. get a nice rolled really edge or something terrible, like yeah. that, I think it looks a lot better. So. Yes. But I, I do prefer them have a little bit of heft to them on the top and the bottom. I like black ones. I don't like chrome ones. Chrome ones, um. It depends on the car. It I, does. I would yeah. not put a chrome one on a modern vehicle. However, is it the same year cut off as the LED lights? <laughs> very similar, at least. No, I, but it, it's a very similar, like very hard cut off. And I okay. think my, my hard cut off will be 1993, because that's when I say that the 80s officially ended. I'm gonna go with 1973, because that's when DOT bumpers started coming in. That's a very good point. I'm just thinking of a MX73 Cressida, the generation Cressida before mine. Mm-hmm. Would look really good with chrome license plate frames. Hmm. So, what do you think about people that are like adamantly against license plate frames? I don't well, know why there's it, anything to be against them. Well, it's all right. Well, I people mean, that just think they look tacky or something. But I just, I think it's like perfectly the... acceptable to be cripplingly autistic, and there's nothing wrong with and that. And those people probably like the fake barbed wire ones or the chain oh, link yeah. ones. Those are terrible. Yep. Those okay. ones are gross. Those are yeah. truck nuts. There's. <laughs> There's a. But they have a Truck Nuts brand license plate frame. There's like a really, really, really good, like, happy medium for your license plate frames. You don't want something that's just like, bro, 
But what I like, what I like about license plate frame is it gives you like a little, like just a little nod to mm-hmm. something sure. that you're, you're into. So like, my van has H and R Springs license plate frames on oh, it. Okay. And if you're not into cars, if you don't know if that van. If you don't lowered. know them, you're like, <laughs> that you're thing. like, that's just a van. And then if you know, you go, wait, what? And, and then you look. Like, rock, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. And then, and then then you look in the back and you go, oh shit, look at that chrome uh, strut. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's a, yeah, like I actually like it because it, it's a cheeky thing, but it allows me to be cheeky, which well, I really like. I've got on the 124 right now. I've got the Alfa Romeo Fiat of Lars Mod license yep. plate frames from where the car was yeah. purchased, and I I kind of like that because it shows people like oh, this thing yeah. wasn't it's not from around here. So people have like questions like, well, why is that here? Why does it have Minnesota plates on it? What's its story? So that's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and building off your H and R one, I don't know if I particularly like branded ones. But you know, if it if it's, it's a car like yours where you want to like give that subtle hint that it's modded, it's, it's more of an, a nod thing. Yeah. Like if it was the thing like if I wasn't running parts, like I I've got mm-hmm. I've got a stack of King Motorsports license plate frames in my in my uh, like Mugen license plate frames in my closet right now. I'm not running them because I'm having Mugen parts on my not Honda. Weird, obviously. Huh, I could um, get Mugen wheels. Maybe. I could. Yes, they do make five hundred point three wheels. Uh, but it's mean, so it's, weird. It's it's one of those just things. Just put where, the Mugen shift knob in there. And oh, totes. I I just think that license plate frame is just like it's like having a wall. It's like your wallet. Sure. Like you can choose to have something plain. You can have something tacky. You can have nothing at all, and you'll nothing be just fine. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Stupid sexy nothing Flanders. At nothing at all. To hinge on this, I just thought about nothing this. Nothing at all. Nothing what about? <laughs> okay, Ryan almost died. What I about those god awful dealership vinyl appliques that dealers like put those. on to the back? Of the Ooh, car. that was a 911 uh, Carrera RS. I that honestly, I d- I've been that thinking about that lately, and I really don't like them. That I, is very I'm cool. Look, deeply look, offended look, 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 by look. those. This is much more important. Is it the white one. The white one. Yep. Yes, yeah, that's it's a nice car. Very Ooh, cool. I like its wheels. That's anyway. arguably the most desirable. Yeah, I think they're really tacky, and it's like, uh. The, what, if, what if you bought a car, you signed the paperwork for it, you did your pre-walk-around or whatever, then you come back the next day to take delivery of it, and not only have they put one of those stickers on the back, but they've drilled your front bumper for a license plate. All right, so actually, I would... How hoppin' mm. mad would you so, be? So, all right, this is the thing. Actually, I had this exact experience happen when I was working at Hyundai as a lot person. Interesting. Scott also had this experience. Uh, we had a customer bought a Sonata, okay. and we drilled his bumper. Well, like, we didn't, but service did because they hadn't done the pre-purchase yet. Yeah. And they literally had to get a completely different car for him because he didn't want him to just replace the bumper. He wanted an entirely different car. He actually checked the VIN hmm. to make sure that he was getting a different car. Wow. Because this is the thing. He's, he lives in Minnesota, but he registers all of his cars in Arizona because he, he's a snowbird. Sure. And so, yeah, he, it, it was a totally normal Hyundai Sonata, but yeah, they had to totally find a different car. I and totally was, get that. I'm, I would I mean, be You wouldn't too. want your brand new car to have paint work done on no. it. No. Like, people, when they buy cars, they avoid that. Yeah. And there was a story, I think, three or four years ago where a guy did a BMW individual E90 M3. Yeah. And he got it in Atlantis blue. And BMW painted it Atlantic blue. No. He Two ordered a colors. very dark, deep blue, and he got, like, a light baby blue. And they offered to repaint the car. And then through, like, this is one of the things where, like, they just straight up said no. So through the power of the internet, he was able to get BMW to make him a new car. 
Yeah. Because he had the paperwork showing that his order said Atlantic Blue. But yeah. it was one of those things, like, I do not want you to strip this car down and paint it. No, yeah. absolutely not. No, because well, it's, it's not it going to be right. Well, new. not, not right. only that, it, the Maroni yep. is going to be wrong. Yep. The uh, title is going to be wrong. Well, a lot of titles, a lot of state titles don't have color. But in 45 years when you're selling it on Bring a Trailer, mm-hmm. you know, 35.0, um, <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to have to explain that. Yeah. And it's going to create a huge problem. And then, yeah, it's going to lower the resale value. So, yeah, no, absolutely not. Okay. And that's why this guy didn't want his bumper to be repainted. He wanted a different I car. I totally get that. Because he didn't want the, he wanted it like, if there was... A, some sort of paint defect on the car. Yeah. He wanted to retain it that way. Sure. And so I always thought it was kind of weird uh, that he was doing it like, it's a, it's a 2010 Hyundai Sonata. Who cares? <laughs> and it makes sense now, I think, that because that was the very first good Hyundai. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, when those first came out, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. If it was just the vinyl, I would ask them to remove it. I'd be oh, like, oh, yeah. Like, I'll wait. It. I'll go to Starbucks next door, but uh, yeah. take that off. Yeah. And then, like, if they're like, but we want you to promote the band, I'd be like, no. Do you have a license plate frame? No, I'd be like, I had a terrible experience. Yeah, yeah deliver no. my car to me. See, that, that's that's <laughs> the thing is like with the but vinyl the bumper, sticker, I would ask for oh, a new car. Oh yeah, too. or I, at least if they had another one on the lot yeah. and they don't have individual VIN, whatever, I'm like, just swap the bumper with that one. Yeah, I'm I'm totally okay with. I, I understand where they're coming from with the vinyl. I'll just take it mm-hmm. off. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But vinyl's not going to permanently scar no. your car. So. No, no. However, but I mean, if I had enough money to be a complete oh, diva about it, I probably would. I, I will. I will tell you that I was the only lot person that put on vinyl stickers on cars for. Did you hide them? No, but I made sure I got them right. Hmm. I actually I had a little piece of paper that I cut that was perfectly aligned like to a, st- a stencil or a mounting a, st- a stencil or mounted yeah. one. I perfectly aligned it so the uh, sticker mm-hmm. for Luther Hyundai Kia Mitsubishi Bloomington. That's a lot of brands. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but. Um, that the vinyl sticker on the left side was at the exact same angle as the Hyundai sticker or the Hyundai badging on the other side. So sorry, Hyundai badging was on the right side. This was on the left side, but it, I. But it cut, was like yeah, yeah I, no, I, so I had the right angle, right yeah, spacing. One, one day where it was slow, I took a piece of office paper, I, I set it on the Hyundai and I or the Hyundai logo, and Look then I, I traced, I traced where the where the uh, trunk lid would. Yeah, it's curve. like a BMW when you buy a new trunk badge from them. It comes with this cardboard stencil, template yeah. thing that you line it up with known points. Anyway, that's a digression. But yeah, but that, that's that's what I did. I, I would make sure it's perfect. Completely yeah. livid if that happened to me. So. Oh yeah, I mean rightfully so. And so. I feel like it, dealerships are like, whoa, but it's not a big deal. And it's like I'm spending this money. Like, well, we have to put a plate on. I'm like, no, you don't. You have to issue me a front plate, and it has to be mounted on the front of the vehicle. But you don't have to do it, and I get to choose how to do it. Yeah. I don't. If they are trying to force somebody to do something, like, you do whatever the customer wants. Usually, most customers are fine with it because they understand that by the yeah. time you're done buying a new car, they know that salesperson like just went through an experience that actually cut about a year off their life. Oh yeah. Because yeah. every car it. sale I did. That that cut my coming down. Like yeah. Do you six have any months. customer experiences with that, with, Mr. Dealership? With somebody really ha- no, somebody really hating one of the dealership decals. Yeah. 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 So it was that guy, and then there was uh, or no, actually not that nine decals actually. So um, no. Okay. Because Maury's never did that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But they did do license plate frames. That's fine. Um, I had one guy that he was adamant. He he got the chrome license plate frames. 
Okay. But then when he found out that they covered up the tabs. Yeah. I forgot what state lived in, but there's some states where that's illegal. Oh, it's illegal here, too. Yeah. So he wanted to get one of the it. plastic ones. Okay. Uh, so we had to put a plastic <laughs> one on the back. But honestly, most people are really, are really chill about it. Maurice doesn't do the vinyl that's for nice. that specific purpose because they know that for, you know, some people will give him a, a bad review and it's like maybe one in a million, but it's a bad look if you get that at all. Right. So they don't want that. I think I've only ever seen one that I'm not deeply offended by and it's the Feldman Imports one. The, you want know what, you know the worst one? What? What's that Chevrolet dealership, Mauer Chevrolet in, in uh, Lakeville? Oh, that they one's bad. They put them on, on every single body panel. Oh, I haven't seen God, that. so bad. Or, no, There's I, also one up in Mora, and the sticker's just vile. No, yeah. the, the Caring Bridge, Crossing, whatever, the, oh, the Christian. The cross, crossroads. 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 Motor. Yeah. Yeah. crossroads. I drove crossroads. by it the other day and went, Ooh. Oh, I, I Whenever gag. Whenever yeah. I see somebody at the Crossroads uh, like dealership badge, I always... If I have an ability to do something rude to them on the highway, I will. <laughs> like I go out of my way. Um, I feel bad for people. Let's that have see car- Jesus take the wheel now, punk. When I see car- <laughs> when I see car hop, I feel bad for them. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah. like you know they have a thirty percent interest on their eight hundred dollar loan. Yeah, yeah. I uh, we're we're dealing with a car hop car at work right now. I got hit car accident. Oh, no. Bill's helping the guy out. Oh no. Um, but yeah, basically when the. When the insurance totaled out his Mazda CX-9, oh, no. he owed that exact same amount on top of that. So he paid 100% over what the cost of the car was. No. 100% markup over oh. over uh, KBB value. No. With, Poor guy. With crazy interest. So it's I, just like... I think so that's why we're helping Oliver him. did an episode on Yeah, that. he did. Yeah. Yeah, Predator Lending and all that. But, it was that Kia Optima. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to what we learned. Well, oh, Jim, what did what did you I learn? Yeah, you learned something. I said something. Oh, that's what I learned this week. Oh, I was talking to Alex <laughs> Beamerstein. Beamerstein. Um, and we were talking about how some people try to fool metal places by filling their cars up with cement. Mm-hmm. And, and he told me that the cement just rises to the top when they melt it. I thought that was really cool. I oh. did not know that. That's actually really, yeah. really interesting. I've learned that when I'm at car shows, I just talk about really stupid things with people. That's not, no, no, really uh, unique yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Unique. Not stupid. Yeah. yeah. You, that, you, learn, cool. you learn, and you learn new things. stuff. I also learned that Brian Yanich's middle name is Patrick. <laughs> wow. Actually, you have two it's, pretty it's, good ones. It's, it's, not, it's not Patrick, actually. <laughs> I, I'm just going to refer to him as Bramp. Oh, yeah. Because in Bramp. his. He had his Instagram handle on, on his skyline, and it's Brian P. Yonich. Yeah, yeah. I saw and that. so I was like, I was like, Brian is, <laughs> I was like, is the P your metal name? He goes, yeah. And I was like, is it Patrick? And he like every him and Hip were like, what? It was awesome. It was good. It was, okay. I was great. My, my fact is also Brian related as <laughs> All well. Right, go for it. Uh, <laughs> he had never had fish and chips before in his life. Oh yeah, well, you guys came in today and you were telling me about that. I'm like, like what? what? That's <laughs> not. That's not possible. Yeah. he's a human. Yeah, he's a human. That's Relatively had... functional, you know. Yeah, and that that, li- that lives mostly in California. Was he impressed by Anchor? It, it blew him away. Okay, good. I I gave him their gravy, and like oh, yeah. him and Hip were both like they're t- like we thought they, this was they, gonna be nasty. They sat back and they're, they they eat it. And go hmm. And I go wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So the it, Owen it is, Wilson wow. to the gravy. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Very they, good. They are the. Uh, the best gravy in oh, the yeah. world. Oh yeah, no matter what I order there, I get gravy. Even yeah. if I just drink it after I'm done with my non-related meal, yeah. it's just delicious. Their mm. their gravy is the best thing ever. It's gravy really, with gravy on chips. Really are just solid. Amazing. Oh yeah, I finished the so, chips with them. Oh, yeah. Anchor is also the only way I remember your eight series. 
Yes. Yeah, we should take it there again some yeah. someday um, soon. What uh, what did you learn? I learned that I use a refrigerator like a thousand times a day, and I don't pay attention to it. Yeah, I don't have working. one, and it's really inconvenient. Like I yeah. muddled around here for like two hours, and I came up here like get a beer. I'm like, oh, that's right. And I, then I drove to Total Wine, got a bag of ice and like twelve craft beers, and I'm like, yeah, actually six margarita, six beer, and then. Even then, like I still am thinking about like going to the fridge after we're done recording to get another beer, and I know it's not. going In fact, work. I don't think I'm gonna be able to drink this. No, it's fine. I'm just noise. giving you a hard time. So I'm gonna give you a dollar for it. I don't have any dollars. Damn it. Fine. Can you break a five? No, just no. It's fine. <laughs> all right, we it's will catch you guys fun. all later in the week. Thank you so much for listening, as Bye. always, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.